All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we're off here on a, uh, I'm going to call it a Tuesday. Jesus, why am I, I got to zoom my camera out. Jesus, too much me. I know it's hard to believe it's too much me from the looks of things. There's Retro. How are you? The Retster on this so uh, good. beautiful day. So good. So good. Yeah. Uh, and no Pinder, oddly. Um, Even better. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. We'll, we'll survive somehow. He is, um, I've seen some stuff. Not surprisingly, uh, come up on either he's uh, sent videos or I've seen it on his social media feeds. He uh, continues to be a lot for those around him, is what I'm guessing. It seems like the uh, this this whole thing. It's global. It's a global thing. It's not just Calgary. It's not just us. So that's good to know. Misery loves company. Um, just learn to shut it off sometimes. No, he can't do it. I, I have you got the uh, the right microphone? Oh. Or am I just hearing things? We'll bring in uh, Frank Saravalli, who is uh, who is standing by. No Pinder, but we've got Frank. So how great is that? Our NHL insider, who of course joined us yesterday, we're now a day removed from the news that uh, that Daryl Sutter has been fired as the head coach of the Calgary Flames, and. Th- the Flames, they're just the just the darlings of the ball. Everyone's talking about the Flames. Who's going to run the team? Who's the GM? Who's the coach going to be? It's 
All it took was some firings to get uh, everybody excited about the Calgary Flames again, Frank. Who knew? It took 82 games for people to get excited about it. But uh, it, at least here, obviously, people are buzzing. Uh, how attractive are either of these jobs? Because I know when we talked about it before when Brad was let go, or when Brad decided not to come back, that uh, you had a, ho a head coach you were going to have to cultivate a relationship with. That's not the case. Now just kind of on its merits and its merits only, how attractive are are both of these jobs individually for guys out there? I would think pretty attractive. I think my bigger question is how big of a swing will the Flames take outside of their organization for either post, given some of the financial realities that are in place with paying Daryl Sutter four million bucks a year for the next two years. Like it almost feels like a given that that's going to be hanging over Don Maloney's head in terms of the next step in the process. But if you're just looking at this team on paper, someone asked me this morning, how do the Calgary Flames go out this summer and find more goals? I'm like, more goals? They don't, they're fine. They don't need more goals. They can score. You know, Jonathan Huberto, I don't know if you saw his interview on French radio yesterday, essentially saying a big reason why I played the way that I did last season was because of Daryl Sutter. Okay, so you take... Jonathan Huberto to, I don't know, not 115 points, but 85 points. And you have Andrew Maggiapani get off the mat next season. And you have Elias Lindholm resign. And he plays, you know, better with the uptick in production from Huberto if he plays with him. Like, whatever the case is, it's easy to kind of paint a picture, at least in my mind, for this team to be significantly better next year and be a playoff team. A lot of it will come down to goaltending, which we've talked about, but in terms of the actual positions itself and the longer term future, the five years out of the Calgary Flames, how much different does it look like when the Flames actually have a new arena and a practice facility and all those other things in terms of recruiting players? The GM job looks more appealing. They have a team that can compete now. And the head coach job, I think, is appealing for anyone. Red, I want to get your your thoughts on that. Uh, now, Huberto was on French radio, and you know, for more or less. Uh, I mean, I don't think you're putting words in his mouth, but he said, yeah, he's, part of it was the relationship with the coach. Couldn't understand the way that Daryl under or the way that he handled the Jacob Pelche first game in the NHL situation, like so many of us. You mentioned yesterday about Blake Wheeler and how he reacted to the comments from. Uh, you know, from Rick Bonus, what do you make of Huberto now? I, and this is one of those things I feel hypocritical because we tell guys, oh, they're boring, no one says anything, and then they say stuff and we crush them for it. I'm not crushing him. I, I appreciate his honesty. But that said, what, what are your thoughts on it? You're muted. You're muted. Still muted. Still all right, he's, he's still muted. Um, I guess, Frank, did you have an issue with it? Did you see anything wrong with it? I, I just, anytime I get some honesty anywhere, I'm all for it. So I'm certainly not going to crush the guy, but it was interesting for sure for him to basically say what everyone was thinking. Well, so now he said it. I think what it does is it puts the onus on him now to come back and be the player that is signed to this $84 million contract next season and lives up to it because there's, there is no more excuse now. 
if if you felt like you didn't mesh properly with that team because of Daryl Sutter, the position that you played a chunk of the year, the different you know little things that were said and done, and it drove you crazy. Well, that distraction is gone now. So I think the honesty is appreciated, and I think if you gave the same microphone to this you know same collection of players that said a lot during their exit interviews, you'd hear some very similar comments. But how do you then back it up now and follow that up next season with whoever is behind the bench? You mentioned it yesterday when we, when we brought you on that it, um, it sure feels like it's Craig Conroy's job to lose. You mentioned Mitch Love, the coach, obviously, of the, uh, the Calgary Wranglers, and they'll want to keep that on the back burner because the Wranglers are playing some playoff hockey right now. Oh, it sure burner. feels – well, I just, there. you know – yeah, it's yeah. just hey, we got to focus on uh, focus on the Wranglers. This is a team that doesn't go outside very often. They went outside. They brought in Bob Hartley. Jay Feaster had the connection there. Obviously, they went. I mean, Brent Sutter was from the outside. They they have done it. And I don't know has either one been more successful. They brought in Gullitson. He was kind of an outside guy, and then they brought up from within. It's just amazing because I looked at it in the last ten years. This will now be their sixth head coach. And maybe I'm too close to it. What is that they say about standing too close to the elephant? That sounds like math that would be of a completely a, a, a franchise that just has no, no idea what it's doing. And we have, we've used the word over and over again, dysfunctional. Maybe it is. Six coaches in 10 years. That's not the earmarking, the earmark of a, of a team that, has its shit together um it doesn't seem to matter if they go outside inside or what how how do you get out of this cycle is this just what how it happens sometimes don maloney talked about it's every two three years you have a, a shelf life for a coach and you have to bring somebody else in or is is that too simplistic because not every team out there is bringing in a guy every two years yeah i was gonna say it's a little too simplistic and I think if you were to like chop don maloney's head off yesterday and replay that press conference with like the president or GM of 25 other teams, like you'd get all the same goddamn buzzwords of new voice and this and that. Like it's not like at some point uh, you have to get it right. And I think that's been one of the true, if you were to ding Brad tree living on his tenure, that's one thing that really stands out to me is they really struggled to find the right person and coach. And then when it seemed like it was Daryl and they have, you know, some of their best regular season success, the wheels fall off, you know, quickly thereafter. Um, when I think about this Flames opening, something that Connor McDavid said caught my attention the other night after they won game six. And he said, uh, Jay Woodcroft, he believes, is one of the top three or five coaches in the NHL. And I was like, huh. On one hand, you have the best player in the world giving props to his coach who, you know, of course you would. But to do it in that way, I was like, well, now let's go back and let's look through the Oilers and their history. And I was thinking some of the retreads that they had brought through their organization with all due respect to those former head coaches prior to Jay Woodcroft, that maybe, you know, to get the next John Cooper, to get the next whoever it may be, 
don't go for the experienced Bruce Boudreaux, Peter Laviolette, whoever it is that you want to talk about next. Go for the guy that is younger, different, hasn't had a shot before. Like, this is the time to try something new. And you might say, well, because it's from within, it's not exactly new. And I would say, you don't know that yet. So that would be my commentary on the coaching position and Mitch Love. Like, I'd be very surprised if at the end of the day, this job doesn't go to Mitch Love based on what I'm hearing. But the GM search... For whatever reason, the Flames are resistant, or at least publicly seeming resistant, to just handing this to um, to Craig Conroy. And I, I think that's a mistake, first off. But more than that, I think it's interesting to see who the Flames talk to, because I'm told Don Maloney has already begun to make calls and develop his list. And there are people from the outside that are not you know, part of this organization right now that sort of makes you wonder, maybe the Flames are willing to cast a pretty big net in order to make this hire. What goes across your mind, Red, when you hear that? Because that, we've talked a lot about, I think we both were pretty clear, felt like Craig should have been the guy. You just, if you're going to make the, make that that announcement with Tree Living leaving, you just install Craig, even if you want to do it on an interim basis. But there again, you've, you've been grooming the guy. It's almost, it's been made public that this was the plan, that down the road, Craig was going to be the next GM or be a GM of this team. Um, on one hand, you have the do your due diligence, talk to all the possible candidates that you think could do a good job. And then there's our way of thinking. Um, if, if it is a, not exhaustive search, but if they do cast that net, what do you, what's your thoughts? Is my mic working now? It is, but I think you're on the wrong one, but just, just go ahead. Well, the other one's not working at all, so I don't know what's going on here. But Okay. Think of, what? Think about last year. Well, this, is what, this is what I think about. I think about last year. What were we saying? We we're praising. In Daryl, we trust. Right? It was the whole city, the NHL, the Jack Adams Trophy. All of that. So after three years, I'll let you know what the right decision was. If you hand Craig Conroy this and it goes south, it, you, then it's not. Then it's going to be a why would they? Why wouldn't they look all over? Why didn't they cast a wide net? Why didn't they interview everyone? If they interview everyone and they bring someone new in and it's no good for a couple of years, wow! What was? Why would they have just given it to Conroy? He knew the situations. He knew all this. And it's the same for the coach. You bring in a coach. If he has success, you're going to sing his praises. If it's if he flounders at all, you're going to say, wow, good grief. You know, it was Mitch Lovey. He was unproven. Another Glenn Gullitson. Why did we try that? Or if you go get a, a veteran guy and he comes in and doesn't have success. It, it's all going to be based on the wins and losses next year. It's what it always is. I don't think that. You can't predict what the right guy is. That's why Maloney's going to get paid the bucks to try and do it. But this, well, lots of all the organizations have swings and misses. It's hard to say what's going to happen with this one. It's a convenient spot for us, and we're all there. We can we can look back. I, I think that it was pretty clear after hearing Maloney yesterday that it was not because Daryl Sutter can't coach. It was that 
his handling of players and the players' reaction to him, and it just that wasn't going to work any longer. I don't think. What, he got can fired I jump in there? Coach, can, can yeah. I jump in there? And that's my concern for next year. Is that I get what Daryl is, but I think Daryl was trying to push buttons, and the pelch he made mistakes. We don't have to keep saying that he didn't. But there was a reason he was trying to push the buttons to the extreme that he was trying to push them. And my concern, and I keep going back to it, is you've got the same locker room. Is the locker room good enough that all you needed was a change of coaching? And was it just coaching that led this team astray? They are close. They weren't that far out from making a playoff spot. It wouldn't take a whole bunch this last year, a save here, a goal there, for them to have made the playoffs. I'm just not sold that that group of guys, that it was just the coach that was the issue. I think that coach has been around long enough to see that there are issues and was trying to push buttons and to push them in the right direction, for good or for bad. I think he, I always said it, Daryl's best ability as a coach was to read a room. Not X's and O's. Not numbers, not power play plans. His best ability was to read a room and try and motivate guys. He felt like there was something missing in that dressing room. And the new guy's going to have to have a different way of approaching it. And I sure hope it works out. Yeah, I would think that challenge, it continues to be there. It's just what tact is he going to... Is he going to take, you mentioned Mitch Love, are there, I guess, for what it's worth, are there any other candidates that either you've heard or would expect to be in this mix for the coaching job? I don't, they're not that far yet because the coaching job is going to come second. Um, And since we were talking about the GM position, I, I think the real honest answer here in terms of what the Flames should do is walk back tail between your legs and go ask Brad tree living. If he's willing to come back, that's what I think the the true answer is. I don't think you're ever going to see Murray Edwards and Calgary sports and entertainment do that. Cause that's just, they're stubborn and that's, they won't do it, but I don't think he really wanted to leave. I think he knew what had to be done and they weren't willing to do it. And then two weeks later they did it, which means, they also didn't really want him to leave either. So why not just get married again? <laughs> I know how to, dysfunctional uh, that I sounds. I, I understand yeah. that, but this whole thing is so ass backwards. I, I, I know it's not happening, so I'm not saying, but I'm just saying that that's what should have happened. We can move on. The uh, New York Rangers, their season comes to an end. You talk about uh, upheaval. They There were draft picks spent. Chris Drury went and got Patrick Kane and got Tarasenko and did a lot to add to this team. And they get to seven games against the younger, quicker New Jersey Devils. And they looked out of gas last night. It was a lot of Devils, despite the fact the Rangers outshot them. I guess what's now the fallout? I know on dailyfaceoff.com you have your eight burning questions now that we're through round number one and part of that is the rangers and gerard gallant and the likelihood of him staying or going i guess without giving away all the uh, the goodies on dailyfaceoff.com your thoughts on it we're all brothers here we can give it away yeah um so the i fully expect a coaching change from the new york rangers i think in fact their coaching staff itself 
I believe, expects a coaching change. Um, two years at the post, I think they felt like, at least from talking to people around the league, that the Rangers, a team built to win now, didn't have enough creativity, enough uh, in-game and in-series adjustments that were made. And for a team that was sort of ahead of schedule last year, getting to the conference finals, spending as much as they did last year, first, second, third, and fourth round picks, if I'm not mistaken, to have all those players walk, and then this time around spend similarly in Tarasenko and Kane and not even win a round um, has put Gerard Gallant directly in the crosshairs. Um, I don't think just in the same conversation we were having about the coaching staff in Calgary, I don't think it's all on the coaches. You know, Patrick Kane is clearly laboring. He's obviously going to be having off-season hip surgery. Tarasenko, he was fine. Uh, but when it came to the rest of the New York Rangers' big guns, essentially really outside of Chris Kreider, I mean, they just didn't have it. And the two other things that stand out to me, aside from the lack of speed for the Devils, in uh, comparison to the Devils in round one, would be the Rangers don't have a shutdown line. They don't have any sort of defensive you know, component among their forward group that they can throw out against an opposition's uh, firepower. And two, their defense, although physical, outside of Fox, doesn't have really anyone who can effectively move the puck. Um, you know, Ke'Andre Miller, you see it at times. It's inconsistent. And the rest of their group, like, they just leave too much up to Igor Shesterkin to cover up their issues. And you can get by like that against, you know, some teams, but you can't win a Stanley Cup like that. And I, I, they've got some surgery to do, and they've got some cap considerations now in order to try and tackle it, that they really have three more years, essentially, to try and do this with Shesterkin at a really reasonable salary before they have to bump them up. And they've already got a bunch of questions to answer now. Yeah. I saw a lot of the, uh, you did this with Lundquist and now you're doing it with Shesterkin. You're just, you're in the goalie wasting business. Uh, I don't know. Did they need, and I, I think it's, again, you talk about convenient after the fact, there were sure a lot of people on social media singing the, uh, why did you need Patrick Kane? You didn't need to do this. You disrupted the flow. You disrupted chemistry. I don't know. I mean, at the time, I thought it's, if you're getting Patrick Kane and not giving up a first-round pick, this is a guy who's won. It's New York. I just It, it seemed like a no-brainer to me. And I don't know, like you say, he's got a hip issue, clearly. Um, but I, I don't know. There's not many times that a team goes out and adds a big name or two at the deadline and then runs through to the cup final and wins it it feels like if you if you are looking for that kind of an ad at the deadline you don't have the team that you need to be a true cup contender i don't know if i buy that like i don't i looked at the boston bruins this year and all that they added and i was like that team took a really good team that continued to set they went on after that and set records um that that team doesn't have a hole in their lineup like, there's not one position that I'm looking at the Boston Bruins saying, man, that team is not good enough to compete for a cup. And they absolutely gag on it against the Florida Panthers. 3-1 series lead, 3-2 lead with a minute left. Like, no excuse. Um, it, it's 
I don't look at the Rangers and say, again, I, I pointed out the things that I'm miss that I think are missing the elements, but I, I'm not always convinced that adding at the deadline is the right play, but to say that you're not improving your team or that it doesn't mean anything, I think is a step too far. I thought that to, to me with the Rangers, it was the kids like, in Jersey, Hughes is taking over games, and you you notice them all the time. Where's the first over pick, Alexis Lafreniere? Capo Caco, two points? Lafreniere, zero point? Like, I get that they had an older lineup, uh, and Kane wasn't as good as he needed to be, and they looked slower. But that's where those guys are supposed to pick up the slack, aren't they? Like, they, you didn't, I didn't think they were noticeable enough. Yeah, and I think it's unfair to call them the kid line anymore. Like, when you go through a run like you did last year and you get to the conference final, like, to sit here and say now, oh, well, you can't expect too much because they're young, like, I'm sorry, that doesn't apply anymore, especially with the uh, pedigree that they have. They needed to give more. Um, I'll be real honest. Like, I'm not sure how much more they have to give. Yeah, that's the scary part. What's uh, what's the story in Colorado? Some some raises are kicking in. Obviously, they lose in round one. There were injuries and suspensions part way along the way, but uh, but they are out. Defending Cup champs that in some ways feel like you just you know come back and try and do it all over again. But the the cap implications are not insignificant in Colorado. Yeah, not defending Cup champs anymore. I mean, yeah. that's over. Uh, that's kind of the amazing part about round one is just how wide open it is, right? Like there's eight teams left. Three have never won the cup before. And the last one to win among the five is Carolina in 2006. So it's been a while and we're going to have some fresh blood, so to speak, um, hoisting the cup this year, which I think is awesome. But with Colorado, like it now becomes for a team that rebuilt and and got Kale McCarr in the draft after a horrific season. Um, they now have cap concerns and cap hell for the first time, really through that stretch. They had one more year of McKinnon this year, which I think is a, is fair to question why that team didn't do more at the deadline. I think perhaps maybe they were thinking we've had all these injuries, just getting everyone healthy, getting Landeskog back for the playoffs, which never happened. Uh, that will be enough to have this team you know, give it a real chance to, to repeat. Nachushkin goes out with personal reasons in the first round. Um, Kale McCarr gets suspended for one game. They don't have Burakovsky and Kadri from the previous year. A lot went into the Avs losing. And now they're faced with a situation where essentially the Avs, Bruins, and Tampa Bay Lightning are all kind of in the same spot. They have somewhere between seven and nine or 10 players to sign this summer with about 10 to $13 million in space, you know, varying by the team. For a team that already lost Kadri, now could lose JT Comfer down the middle, which would be a real sting to that roster. The Abs have, like, they've got tough decisions to make. They're probably going to have to say goodbye to Sam Girard in the back end. Uh, I think there's real value there. I think some teams are are wary of an undersized defenseman. Um, but they've got some tough, tough calls to make. Boston, same thing. You're probably saying goodbye to one of Carlo or Grizzlick on the back end. Taylor Hall probably on his way out at $6 bucks. 
Do they try and re-sign Tyler Bertuzzi? All these teams, Tampa, you heard their injury list today, Victor Hedman, hip impingement, all these different things. Tampa probably needs to say goodbye to Alex Kalorn after two Stanley Cups. Um, what about Ross Colton? Like, There's some really tough cap crunches for a lot of these teams this summer. Bergeron, you think he's finished in Boston? And David Krejci? I think Bergeron, no. Krejci, yes. I think Bergeron just has a little bit more in the tank. Um, Krejci, to me, looked like he was more or less gassed at the end. Still impactful at times and had a great regular season. Maybe they both come back. If they do, they're going to have to be under vastly different financial circumstances because Bergeron and Krejci still kind of got paid last year. The Bruins have a $4.5 million salary cap overage as a result. So what does that mean? If the cap's $83.5 million bucks next year, the Bruins are starting at 79. Um, so that's part of the reason why their crunch is even more significant. I, I just read, I don't know what, I don't know how you'd approach it, if it'd be different for you, but having that team be that good in the regular season and cough up those types of leads, like I don't care if you go back and you lose in the first round again, but to have that be the way that your career ends, like especially for such a decorated player like Bergeron, I'd work my ass off to come back. Yeah, it all depends on how the body feels, right? Like, I don't think he wants to go out like that at all. And I almost feel bad for that Boston organization. Like, they've been good, and he's been awesome for a long time. And sadly, they've got not – I mean, they got a ring, and which you can't take away, and that's, that's amazing. But for as good as that team and organization have been – for the last decade or even longer to have one cup is almost staggering, especially after the year they had this year. But none of us can know what it feels like to go to the rink and have to get ready to go on the ice for Patrice Bergeron, right? If, if, if the body's given out, sometimes it's just time. So I don't think he wants to plays hard, still plays and competes at a high level, but I, that's the thing. Robin Regeer said it to me. He goes, when you got to go to the rink two hours early for practice just to get the body warmed up so that you can make it through a 30-minute skate, you know the writing's on the wall. Before we let you go, I just wanted to ask, and again, it's in that uh, part of it is in the uh, eight burning questions. As far as Winnipeg, I'll, I'll just kind of throw it out there and you can react as you see fit. The comments post-game after, again, the series is over, the season is over, but... Uh, Rick Bonus torches his team. Blake Wheeler comes out and, in a way, defends his team. And we know that Dubois has asked for a trade, and Connor Hellebuck, as you'll read in uh, Frank's article, has uh, there, there's some it's, he needs some attending to. I guess just the thoughts across the board in Winnipeg. Yeah, so I don't know what to make of Connor Hellebuck's comments because he didn't really reveal a lot other than saying he doesn't want to play for a rebuilding team. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, who does? Um, I felt like with Blake Wheeler and some other players coming out, basically, you know, going against Rick Bona saying, I wish he said that to us and kept it in the room. I felt like they were just telling on themselves. Like we are an insular group of babies that don't compete and don't want anyone to call us out on it. That's essentially how I read it from afar. Uh, I'm obviously not in there 
on a daily basis or, or frequently, but like it, it was the truth and it was honest. And so what now you're upset because he said it after the game and told everyone else what everyone else already saw. Like, I don't understand it. So I, I, to me, it just highlighted, underscored, underlined, whatever you want to use, the need for change uh, with that roster. That it's been a long time. Like they first broke through in 2018, getting to that conference final against the Golden Knights. They they've had misses, makes since then, uh, but en- enough is enough. Like I don't think anyone currently looks at this Jets team as currently assembled and says they're close to even if they get in close to contending. So they need surgery. Um, I would think that Shifley and Wheeler are at the very top of the list to continue the turnover to Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers and Josh Morrissey. Um, but the the big looming question is what happens with Hellebuck? Do you trade him? Do you re-sign him? Does he want to re-sign? And if not, do you keep him and have him play out the last year of his deal? I think teams twist themselves into pretzels. Um, basically forcing themselves to make a decision a year ahead of time. Like there's nothing wrong with signing a player to a six year deal and he plays all six years of the deal. And then at the end of it, you shake his hand and he goes another direction. Like that's okay. But for, and it's okay. in in every other sport happens all the time in baseball and football and everywhere else. But for whatever reason in hockey, it's like, Oh my God, you can't let that guy walk for nothing. And I just don't know that you need to make the decision but it feels like the Jets are going to make some kind of decision with regards to that anyway. And with Hellebuck, the tough part is with goalies, you never really get the value back in return that's commensurate to the value that they provide to your team. So I, I think the Jets are in a bit of a tough spot. And in, in this new world, it's in a way you're not getting nothing. You're getting cap space. You're getting all those cap dollars back that if, and most teams do spend it anyway, for, for a team like Winnipeg, six, seven million bucks, you can repurpose that. And Rhett, you talk about it a lot, that sometimes, whether it's bravery or smarts or just kind of swallowing hard and making a tough decision, like Frank says, I think a lot of times teams just feel like, well, we can't, we just can't let that happen. So then they sign an extension and I don't know, seven, eight times out of 10, it does not work out very well. I think Frank is bang on with that, where you let guys walk. It's the fact you have to put in the plan has to be in place to fill those spots, right? Like Aaron Rodgers is a great example. Brett Favre, the Green Bay Packers know there's a shelf life to these players and they draft a guy to fill that role when that spot becomes available again. You just have to, I think the GMs lose sight of that. And they go, oh, I got Hellebuck here, so I, I'm not going to work for anyone else or have anyone else in place. So you got to have those guys in place so that when they do decide to walk, yeah, they walk. Maybe it's the best thing that can happen. The, uh, the line room. that I always, I always get from uh, one GM in particular in the West, he says, if you want loyalty, get a dog. And the other thing I would add to that is in the NHL, if you're scared, get a dog. Yeah. And then hang on to the dog. Thank you, Frank. What uh, are we traveling round to? What are we doing with ourselves? I don't have any plans quite yet. Uh, working on that, yeah. but I'm also, you know what? Still four series going on. So I am comfortable being at home if need be. 
All right, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate you yesterday and today. Have a good one, all right? See you guys. Have a good one. There it is. Playoff Sierra Valley, a presentation of Bonton Meat Market, Calgary tradition since 1921. Only the best. When you walk through the doors, you know you're not getting some, you know, is that B grade? Is that C grade? You're getting triple A right across the board. Greg Keller and his staff take care of you like no one else. Go up uh, 28 Crowfoot Circle and see them. It's it's full on barbecue and grilling. I could, somebody was doing, had the smoker going, I could tell on Sunday afternoon. Wasn't me, unfortunately, but somebody had it going. Get up to Bonton. Treat yourself. Treat yourself right. Calgary tradition. Bonton meets. Uh... How are we doing, Retro? We got right into it. We're here in the Tower Chrysler Studios. I've not talked to Serge. I don't know how he's feeling. He's a big Flames fan. The GM is gone. The head coach is gone. They don't make the playoffs. I. It's on me. I really should have reached out. I hope he's okay because uh, it's been a, it's been an active kind of two three weeks here. He might be happy. There's there's lots of action. Even those teams not playing. There's lots of things, lots of pieces in motion. <laughs> might change for next year so he might be excited about it do you put any stock into that you're living i mean it again it seems so awkward but how things played out it was awkward anyway don maloney talked about it i've got the clip coming up in the pinder report it feels even well i don't know it, it feels like even if that was something that you really wanted to do does that ever happen it seemed it seemed weird enough that when when a coach comes back, like Daryl did for a second tour of duty, years after the fact, to reinstall a general manager just weeks after he leaves. Now, you could, if that's really what you want to do, you massage it and it looks clunky for a little bit and then you move on. I, I wonder at the same time, do the, do would the Flames feel, do they feel like Brad did such a job such an impressive and masterful job that you would go through with that? Or do you think that maybe it is time for a change? And I, I kind of wonder that you've made, that's the bed that's been made. You lay in it now. Yeah, I'm the same way. I can't imagine it happening, but <laughs> yeah, it would be extremely I come back unique. to the, f the day for living is announced as leaving. Well, this has to mean that Sutter's staying. Because if then just, if it only ends up with Sutter leaving, then what the hell is this all about? It's just the cherry on top of this whole dysfunctional friggin' cake. I, I don't, none of it makes sense. What a, what a year. A year ago, it's overtime game seven, round one, Battle of Alberta. Uh, not a great end, but hey. Goudreau leaves, Kachuk leaves, Huberto comes in. Not very good. Uyghur takes him 60 games to get his game in order. Start five and one, lose seven in a row. Markstrom can't play goal anymore. Losing game after game. He's one goal games. He gets to overtime, can't win. Shootout, can't win. Gonna make the playoffs. Nope, not gonna make the playoffs. GM leaves because the coach and he can't get along. And then the coach leaves anyway. GM leaves, they give the term GM job to the guy that he brought in that is basically kind of, this, yeah. you know, very much of the same mold. Okay. Not a, to a guy that's been here for a decade, kind of waiting in the wings. And and we haven't even man, mentioned Pascal. I, I mean, I think I've said his name once where it's like, if you're bringing in Mitch Love, is Pascal not a guy you talk to? Isn't that the guy that brought in Mitch Love? Like, I, anyway, it does. 
to go back to true living would to me be very extreme and awkward and i don't know if it's the right move once you've gone down that road anyway turning around and yeah. going back doesn't seem right to me and like frank said it's it would almost be that tail between your legs because you offered him a contract and he said no he had to have known again it's not as though they're on the outside like we are there had to have been a conversation where just hey if you really want to stay just freaking hang on because <laughs> this the coach may be out anyway in in two weeks did it go from no sutter's here for sure to well i guess we're firing him with two years left on his two-year extension like that's the other part his extension hasn't even kicked in yet and he got fired it's well, mind-boggling that's where pinder will jump in and go well this this ownership group doesn't like paying people to go away so whoever they bring in now is going to have to be on the cheap because they're paying two coaches I was thinking about that. When's the last time they've been paying one coach and only one coach to coach? Yeah. And I knew it was it's a, a long time. I didn't, know what, I didn't know what the extent of it was. I knew there'd been lots of turnover six and 10 years. And we use the word all the time this year, the dysfunction. That, that is truly dysfunctional. I, I don't, you can't, that is not a game plan. And you react to things and things change and this and that, but that, there is too much going on down at that saddle dome that just doesn't make sense. When you take, like you said, you're standing close to the elephant or take a step back and you're sitting, you're a, you're an organization or a fan of the NHL and you're, you're sitting in Michigan and you're watching the flames go about their business and you're going, Hmm, what's going on there right like oh yeah six yeah which is in 10 years Jeez, that's seems excessive and we take our runs at a lot of teams right and i'm right? not going to throw pinder under the bus but pinder loves calling out teams that don't know what the what the hell they're doing if you were watching from the outside what is what's happened you went from winning the division to missing the playoffs the the coaches twice saying guys are taking oh. a shit and like what's happening in calgary the gm leaves then the coach leaves you miss the playoffs kachuk wanted out goudreau didn't come GM back whether leaves, he wanted out gm leaves after being offered a job to stay from what from all accounts it was his job mm -hmm. to keep no thanks i'm good like that alone should scream whoa what is going on there and then you're like okay well it's a it's a coach gm fight and he didn't have the support and he wanted to fire the coach they were so the coach won the power battle okay well, that that kind of makes sense and then he left now you find what they fired the coach too <laughs> wait a minute i thought it was a power struggle and the coach won it is it's it's awkward so you've got the gm coach the coach couldn't get along with the gm so the gm leaves coach moves up then you've got the players. The players didn't like the coach, so now the coach is out. Do you know what? Right? Where's the the, the freaking hierarchy? And you know what? If yeah, you have a bad Jack coaching Adams fit, <laughs> if you have a bad fit as a coach, just because you've been, if you don't get it right, it doesn't mean well. We just have to stay with this guy, 
even though we know that this probably is not going to make itself work. It's not going to solve itself. But and you you go back. So Sutter is out to be determined whether or not he should be out. Again, I just it sure looks like the relationship that he had with the general manager and obviously the guys in the room. And we'll hear from Maloney from his clips from yesterday. Um, and Eric Francis wrote about it. It's not about hockey. It's how Daryl has handled people, his relationships with those around him. And you've said it, the tighter the vice gets, the worse it gets. And the vice is super tight and coming off of Jack Adams and a playoff round win, all of that was a recipe for disaster. Now he takes over for Jeff Ward, lovely guy, but I think everybody across the board had to see that Jeff Ward, more of a support guy than a head coach. Fair? It is fair, but this is where now there's been a decent amount of turnover inside the dressing room. But this is where I still go back to that dressing room where it's like there's no captain. You don't have leadership. You don't maybe because of Daryl, you haven't embraced youth too much. And you've had guys wanting to leave here. Like the, the GM didn't want to stay. Gaudreau didn't want to stay. Kachuk didn't want to stay. Like, you've got a coach in Ward who, I agree with you, probably isn't meant to be the head coach, but couldn't drag anything out of these guys. They wouldn't play for he's – a, he's a player's coach, right? And, again, you've got a couple different names, but the, the player's coach couldn't get the guys to play. Now the hard ass comes in and takes them to a, 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 a one great season. And then the next season they shut off again. And there's enough faces in that room that are similar. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's not all new faces. So what the is going on in that dressing room? And how many years did we watch that team? Again, there's lot, There's always change. But I'm guessing if you went back far, six years, there's guys that have been there for six years that were there that we kept saying, you lying bastards. We love each other. We play hard. We have the best room and we're the best teammates ever. And not, they're horseshit and they never make playoffs or do anything in the playoffs. And you're like, something doesn't add up. It's still not adding up to me. It still doesn't add up to me. A new coach is all fine and good. A new GM is all fine and good. These new players, all fine and good. When's the, when is it coming together? When's all this shit that we've mucked into a pile starting to form into a, a, something that resembles yeah. a team you want to fucking cheer for? Pardon my language again. I'm trying not to swear anymore. But honestly, the, there's so much blame to go around. Okay, you've fired the GM. You've fired the coach. What are you going to do as the new GM if these pricks don't play for the next guy? You're screwed. I mean... Because the big contracts are the guys you'll want to dump and you won't be able to. Like it's, and I don't trust that it's not the room that's the root of the problem. Because it's been too long a track record of ups and downs and lefts and the coach's fault and this guy's fault and somebody's fault and the rink's no good and we don't like this and it's bad travel. and I, Be a professional and go play, please. Go play for and the I city. Would guess... Go play for the jersey. Try to fucking win the Stanley Cup. Thank you very much. Again, sorry for the language. Hmm. 
one team wins every year and then the rest of the league and their fans and media and staff are left to wonder well what what the hell right and with the devils winning that was you know that that was their first series win in a long time and maybe it's the same in every market where ownership is called into question the hiring practices free agent decisions contract numbers and term and all of that but it sure feels like it's the same story a lot here we the toronto maple leafs have what one playoff victory in 20 years Mm -hmm. 19 or whatever it is how many do the flames have couple couple after a four yeah two but no one's in up in arms about it it's 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 you're right one team wins but there should be demands or wants or desires to be better right first round hardest round absolutely not every team's going to be chicago or la and win a couple or pittsburgh and win back to back or tampa bay and look like a dynasty sure absolutely but you could be better than what you've had you sure as hell should be better than six coaches in 10 years. You should be better than guys wanting to leave. Right? Like, and, and yeah, the people we, we, should, yeah. should, the fans in, 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 in Toronto were, if they'd lost again, the city, it would have been an explosion, a bomb going off and they would have, it would have been a mayhem to trade guys and make changes and Dubas is fired. I guess that's happened here, but it's happened before and nothing's changed. And we've talked about it before, and you do wonder if if Monaghan doesn't get hurt and remains at a 30-goal clip, and if Goudreau stays, and if Bennett pans out a little bit more than he did, let's be honest, he was a top-five pick, if he's a little bit better, and if on the blue line, if Valimaki doesn't get hurt and kind of delay his... It changes everything. When, when the guys that you draft... And, and it's not squinting to say that Monaghan could be a 30. He was. He just didn't One continue of the best at that level. In the game. And I don't think Valimaki's a Norris guy, but what if that guy, again, mistakes made, should have held on to him. But it's it changes everything when when those players are better. And I think that it's reasonable to think that all of those guys could have been better. And you miss Kachuk, obviously, watching him right now. The Kachuk in this playoff is the guy I was excited to see a year ago. I remember we talked about it. I said, the one guy I can't wait to watch now is this guy because he seems like he's been born to play in the playoffs. And I guess he was injured and whatever else, but it was kind of a quiet run through the postseason. Not so much this year. And maybe he learned from last year's experience and whatever. But when you start to think in those terms and then you start adding some younger guys... Yeah, this team's well, good. I, team's I, a good team. But they were close the to being that guys, much better. Yeah. The if, shoulda, coulda, didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think what you say, though, the young kids is a big deal. And the success of you. You watched the game last night. What team won? The veteran, oh, yeah. right? No. It was the yeah. kids. They're flying around. The Rangers absolutely could not keep up. They could not keep up. You have to be young and energetic and fast and go. 
You cannot sit back and plod along in this league. And there it goes back to another conversation. We're kind of all across the board, but you have Hughes, who went at first overall. You have Heischer, who went first overall. You had a team that bottomed out. We talked. What was the what was the math? That's their first series win in eleven years. So yeah, you were you were bad for a decade. But so, <laughs> but but we have two in twenty years, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, I mean it's. We, but you're, bottoming no, out, not, I know to be twenty eight, twenty nine. It's I know what you're yeah. saying, but what's success measured by? Make the playoffs, losing the first round every year. I, I got to squint for me for that to be my measure of success. I really have to squint. And now you, people can text in and say, "Florida Panthers," and I can't argue, right? Yeah. 100% Florida Panthers beat the best team ever, and they just squeaked into the playoffs. So maybe getting is, in is a measure of success. But, boy, I'd like to see more. Yeah. It's another – I was thinking about this. The offseason and how we were ready for it a year ago, it's going to be a crazy offseason because it was going to, what are you going to do? It's how good can they be next year? And now it's, it's kind of the same thing, but it's so different. It, it, can you imagine a year ago, if we just said they were going to be searching for a GM and a head coach. But here's my thing to you though. What? So they get it. So they get it. So they get a new GM and I don't even care who it is. You get a new GM and you get a new coach. doesn't matter. The new coach is good enough to get these guys to play. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
are they the New Jersey Devils next year in the playoffs? Or are they more similar? Or are they more similar to the yeah. New York Rangers or the New Jersey Devils next year? I know. Are they the Boston Bruins or are they the Florida Panthers next year? To me, they're a veteran. Oh, they're they're designed to win now. Yeah, they're old bastards. That's why it's an old squad. Even Dubé and their young guys aren't. They're not young anymore. They weren't making yeah. right. Like I, I see it. This team, even making the playoffs, they better have success quick. Because I think some of those guys that they've got signed are going to, and, and you go, oh, the cap will go up. Sure, maybe, maybe it won't be as handcuffing as I envision it. But I see a lot of those guys, they might have a year, maybe two, kind of ride, plateauing off, if not cratering. And then you're going, now what are we doing? Yeah. Right? Now you've got Lucic again, and it's not. Love them. You always got to preface these things and say, oh. I know. Right? But it's true. Like, okay, so Hubert has two years of 80 points, and then he turns into a 50-point guy? We're okay with that? We got five years of a guy making 10-plus at 50 points? It's not far-fetched to me. It's not far-fetched. And now you're absolutely anchored. I'm rooting for him to do it, but to Frank's point, and I know we were going to talk about it, Huberto, you'd best have a really good season next year. You, let's see it, because it was not that you were you weren't given a pass, but there was enough else going wrong. But you were a a star forward that cashed in big time, and now that raise hits, and the coach that you couldn't get along with is gone. Be good. Better be good because that's, uh, I just, it's not going to go well here at all. If he thinks this year was tough, have another year like that after the team has seemingly met all the, the demands and changed everything. And now you're making north of 10 million. Well, now what's the problem, right? That pressure goes big next year on him. If it was, if it wasn't already. Interesting. Um, let's do a little bit of this day in flames history for McLeod law, McLeod law. You know what they are? They're Calgary. They're proud of their Calgary roots. Big part of their longstanding client relationships. They understand the city, the people in it, the way things work here in Calgary, like the communities they serve the McLeod law team, very diverse. They share a commitment to making a positive impact in the city of Calgary and they're just, they're good people. It's not, uh, it's not a daunting thing to walk into that office. It's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a welcoming place. They'd love to see you. McLeod-Law.com is the website. Now I went to a little, uh, memory lane cause they love to go and uh, take a look here. Today's May 2nd. I believe it is. And I know you love talking about 1989, buddy. I know you love it, but on this date, in Flames history, May 2nd, 1989. Look at that guy. There he is. Looks like he could play D. If you just took the uh, the blocker and glove off, there's Mike Vernon. And he continued to lead the Flames to the Stanley Cup. And on this day, watch, uh, watch some of this. Now, I went through the tape. And 
this wasn't the busiest night that Mike Vernon ever had in the playoffs, but this is the round against the Chicago Blackhawks. You can go ahead and roll it. Um, game one of the Campbell Conference Finals. Remember the old Campbell Conference? There you see the numbers. 2.51. Not sure that would fly in the league these days, but nonetheless, there he is. Game one at the old dome. 3-0 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. He picked up half of his six career playoff shutouts during the 1989 postseason. This one put them in a pretty good spot moving on. And I there again, you you talk about 04 for these guys too. It was, okay, well, you went in 86 to the cup final. When did you believe? When did you think that you could go all the way? Love these guys. Look how little Mike Vernon is, slash was, right? God. So on this date, three nothing shutout for uh, for Mike Vernon. And I had one other one other uh, little thing here from the uh, from the very same game. Theo Fleury, of course, in 1989. We know about Theo. He comes in and kind of takes the league by by storm and people are wondering how big is this guy this guy's running around this guy's not very big but yet he's scoring goals he's having an impact this was uh is this dirt I, I again i forget which i think it was dirk graham what would this uh what would this play get you in uh, 2023 as far as a suspension uh they'll show the highlight here and the replay he's kind of holding his chin it's like jesus that... oh well what, what happened well there's the clunk <laughs> that's the elbow right in the button so in, and we'll talk about truba and we heard about uh, you know the jordan Everly should he be suspended and the hit uh, was was this hit by uh i'm just thinking in the, in the minnesota series was that the same as this one the uh what's that one worth five ten playoffs that's called that's intention that's a veteran yeah. dirt Graham. He's fine. You can't go after that. He is they fine. That's just how you play. Call Peter Klein, McLeod Law. Visit McLeod-Law.com. But Peter Klein, the tops in personal injury. Helping to take the stress off of your shoulders. Let Peter and his staff handle all of your legal, your insurance, your medical claims so you can focus on your recovery. Extensive years and years of experience, understanding of your specific needs. McLeod Law, they're on your team. Contact them today. And there you see Peter Klein's uh, contact info, 254-3864 or pklein at mcleod-law.com. Um, did you have people, I, I know you're in Buffalo, but did you have people reaching out about the, uh, the Sutter News yesterday? Some are, tweets, or, yeah, or not yeah. tweets, some texts, but nobody was, it's, again, it's interesting because it was just a year ago that everyone was singing from the same book, right? Like, but no one seemed to be too wound up about it. As in, yeah. this was a terrible decision. What were they thinking? Oh, yeah, Sutter's gone, eh? Yeah, yeah. well, probably needed to happen, eh? Yeah, yeah I, guess. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so how come so why did True Living leave then? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. It's a very good question. I think it's a very good one, but I don't have the answer. For it Harold, would be interesting think... to be 
It'd be interesting. I don't think he comes back, but it sure would be interesting to uh, get his thoughts on what has happened over the last two weeks for the Flames as why he left and if it was because of Darrell, if he regrets having made that decision or if he was done with it anyway, right? Like that, mm-hmm. There's a lot there to unpack with true living. Like, I mean, maybe the what happens yesterday doesn't happen unless Brad leaves. Maybe. Yeah. But again, but if how, that again speaks to the communication. Yes. If no that's one the talking case, to anybody. That... <laughs> what are we doing? Hey, we'll let you stay, but we're not going to listen to your advice or, or, or give you the rights to do what yeah. you think needs to be done. You can stay, but. Oh. Huh? Yeah. Uh, oh. No. Okay, <laughs> but the guy that we don't want to hire full time, we'll listen to you. We're That's not. Right. We're not. We can't give you the real the job job. But you tell us what to do, we'll listen to you. The guy. That, anyway, it seems awkward. I'm telling you, when I went through that that list of coaches, and like I say, you don't keep a coach just to keep him and save face and public opinion when you've got a bad hire or a bad now the bill the bill peters thing they couldn't control in a way i mean i know you could have done due diligence but really at the same time you brought in what you thought was going to be a young coach who was going to be a coach for a long time he lasted 110 games and prior to that it was glenn gullitson for two seasons and you fired bob hartley because he couldn't get along with anybody in the room and he had just won the Jack Adams. And before that, it was Brent Sutter, and you brought him in because he was in New Jersey. So New Jersey let him go so he could come to Calgary. He was there for three years. And Keenan was a disaster, really. He lasted two years. Jimmy Playfair, one year. This is the, like this, if you were writing this down about any other team, like I say, people would be like, what is with this franchise? This They don't know what the hell they're doing. If you're winning round after round in the playoffs, then you can shrug it off as part of success. That's the price you pay. But man, get it right once. Get Could could a guy coach this team for, let's say, five years? Well, and that's just it. Like, I, I think the old, for some, well, it's because it's said over and over by GMs when they fire a coach, well, coaches have a shelf life. Do they? Is it is the coach's shelf life really only two or three years? Like that's as long as that's odd because Cooper's done better. Lindy Ruff was in Buffalo. Barry Trotz was forever. Um, Sullivan in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, there's there yeah. Right, like what do you what do you mean? Guys have shelf life. If if you're hiring a guy with a shelf life, are you doing the right thing? Right, like if if the if the trend is, hey, we're gonna hire this guy. He's got a two year shelf life, which is what Daryl was portrayed as having. And a lot of people say he shouldn't have got that extension. There was no plan to give him that extension. It was to come in, right the ship, have a two year, three year thing, and get him out of there. Is that the right approach? Right, like you, it would you seem like uh, it would seem like no. <laughs> But then again, you thought you have this team. It's a veteran team. You think you're close to getting over the hump. Daryl's the kind of guy that can do that. He came in. Look what happened in L.A. came in and it was two cups in three years or whatever it was. 
they won a round last year and a division. Is it a division still? Yeah, right? Hmm. They didn't win the conference last year, did they? The Kings? No. No. Calgary. The Flames with Daryl last yeah. year. You brought him in. He had success, yeah, is my yeah, point. Yeah. He won yeah. a he won a playoff round. One of two. One of the most successful seasons, yeah, in franchise yes. history. One of the best seasons yeah. ever. And now he's horseshit. Get him out of here. Yeah, you lose your two hundred plus point guys, and it's the coach's fault. Forgot how to coach. Or maybe yeah. the team wasn't as good. Um, I'm not happy now. Now I was having some fun at your expense with sending in these home videos of you with your sleep apnea. And I've been telling you about outdoor dental. Go and get this done already. You were in town for a couple weeks. You didn't go and see Dr. J. Um, and then last week you had a video of me and you did it again. And I, it's one of those things where you see it, an old home movie or you hear your, it's like you hear your voice. It's like, oh, that sounds weird. And then you see videos of yourself. It's like, man, do I really look like that? Is that what I look like? Um, well, this was an eye opener for me. Um, I guess I need to go and see Dr. J with outdoor dental because I, uh, I'm trying to watch the game the other night and, uh, and you start dozing off and you start dozing off because you're not getting that quality sleep. You know what it's like if you're getting three, four hours a night, two hours, it's not going to do it. Or maybe you get five hours, but you're constantly waking up. Then this is the sort of stuff that happens. You're trying to watch playoff hockey game sevens, two of them, uh, two nights ago, one of them last night. And then you start dozing off. Then I got to do this show. And I don't know what the hell's going on because I've been falling asleep. It's snoring treatments with outdoor dental. And again, I don't know. Right? Like it's like, I know I'm going gray. I get that. (sighs) But man, like the Leafs are in overtime. This is a huge, a huge game the other night and watching Boston. And then, you know, it's just no good. I got to go see Dr. J. Thanks for sharing the video, Retro. Real good of you. Snoring treatments. It's the Solea laser that they use for their, for their, basically their regular dentistry. No needles, no drills, no stress. It's the, it's the laser treatment. And they also use it for treating snoring, sleep apnea. Two 15-minute treatments will increase the tension in the soft palate. It reduces your snoring. It's non-surgical, obviously, and it's pain-free. And then all of a sudden, you start sleeping more, quality sleep. You're happier. You're more productive. The people around you are happier with you. And you don't fall asleep while you're watching playoff hockey and headbutt the hardwood. It's no good. Go and do it today. Outdoor.dental is the website. Go and check, uh, check out the website. All the info there, not just about uh, the snoring and sleep apnea, but you'll see all about their dental practice and they would love to see you. Book a appointment, an assessment, go in and see what it's all about. You won't regret it. Dr. J, good guy. Outdoor dental. I like your news. I like your news. Uh, sleep shirt theme. That's a beauty. Well, it's getting warm, hey? I don't know if it's like been 25, 26 degrees. It got hot in a hurry. <sighs> Can't sleep when I'm too hot, you know? Got to get the old uh, the tank top going. Gotta get that tank top going. Uh, we're gonna make our round two picks coming up. We'll look back at our round one picks. Pinder has sent his in. Uh, did not put any because he's always won. How many games? How many games? And then he sent his win, his picks in and didn't give a number of games. So we'll just pick teams. And Frank was right. We'll look at the the breakdown, kind of the the teams that are left. It looks weird. It's a 
with with that's the thing with upsets. You're left with some teams that maybe you don't think should be there, or how did they get there? Lots of New Jersey and Seattle, and it's, it's interesting. There's our round one picks. Uh, that's a great picture of uh, of Pinder there. That's well done. Rangers Devils. Uh, you and I both had the Rangers, so Pinder got that one. You got the Panthers over the Bruins. I had the Canes over the Islanders. We both took the uh, the Lightning. Pinder had the Leafs. We were all wrong on the Kraken. Pinder can't take the Oilers, so he took the Kings. We had the Oilers. You had the Jets, Rets Jets, as we recall. Pinder and I Big both first, were on Vegas. First game yeah. was good. Nice win. Yeah, and we were all on uh, on Dallas. So one. So we were all three two, out of three. Four. Pinder got four. Pinder got four. Damn it, Rangers! They were up two nothing too. I think they had a win before we did our picks, maybe. But oh well. Panthers. Probably would have had good. To, should yeah. have uh, put a few bucks to. Yeah, should have. Definitely should have. We'll do our picks uh, for round two coming up in just a little bit. Time for the Pinder Report. It's a presentation of Village Honda. Get uh, get your car in for that detailing. You're going to love it. Because the thing about the uh, the salt and the muck, and the, you're tracking that inside your vehicle too. And it's on your carpets. It's on your, your floor mats. It gets, you've been eating food in your car all winter long and there's french fries and stuff all ground into your seats and your kids in the, with the car seats they got cheerios everywhere and there's just let uh, let village on to take care of you 79.95 is where the detailing packages start book it online check it out online at villagehonda.com they are your dealership for life it's the pinder report uh, we've talked about it a lot already. The uh, the Calgary Flames yesterday, before we recorded this show, they uh, they announced that Daryl Sutter had been relieved of his duties as uh, president of hockey operations. Don Maloney sat in front of the assembled media at the Dome, and he laid out just how he came to, de to the decision to let Daryl go. I interviewed 35 or 25 players, coaches, coaching staff, training staff, spoke to prominent agents for, um, who represent key players on our team, and uh, it became clear to me that we needed a new voice. I found that uh, I think in today's, again, today's world, um, he's a firm coach, a hard coach, a demanding coach, uh, that there's a... Uh, there's a shelf life to that type, type of coaching. And uh, unfortunately for us, um, I, I think that, 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 uh, that his time, ex obviously I felt his time expired with us. And I'll add the, before, we, before I get your thoughts on it, because you have kind of touched on it already, um, but talking about the, the conversations. Now that's internal. You have those end of season player meetings. And of course he met with Daryl. He said he sat down with Daryl for over two hours. Would have been... Would have been a treat but he added there and he got into it a little bit more in detail about how the game has changed and now the players they hold a lot of power in their hands now they've got the guaranteed contracts and all of that in situations like this uh as we saw it's not about handing over 
power to the players, but they have some leverage in these situations. And again, I think it's today's player too. You know, 10 years and 20 years ago, you they wouldn't say boo generally, but now the players of today, they, they want a voice, they have a voice, and you have to listen to that voice. They had some real real uh, observations and how we should, how we need to, uh, um, how in their minds, how we should move forward. They had some real observations, Rhett. <laughs> had some real observations. I think they were fed up with the coach. They've got rid of the coach. Very worrisome. What's that saying? The prisoners are running the prison or whatever. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah. Inmates in the asylum. And, and he actually brought yeah. that up at the press conference. But I, the, I guess the flip side to that is when you are the president of hockey ops or the general manager and you have a steady stream of players echoing the same sentiments about the coach, there has to be a point where you take that into consideration, right? Uh, absolutely. But I would also like to know what Daryl reported back to him on his players. I think that to, that to me would be as interesting as what the players said. I get the players don't want to play for him anymore. I get that he's a hard ass. I get that he grinds you. I get that you're sick of him. I understand that part. My question is, he's not an idiot. What's he telling Maloney about those guys in the room? Yeah, that would be I, two and a half hours, two hours plus. Uh, who's dominating the conversation? It would have been a uh, fly in the wall situation. Now you brought it up. But, so Treliving leaves. Brad Treliving leaves because, and again, it's uh, said, no, this is just he needs a break. He just needs a break. It's uh, this is not about uh, the relationship with the coach, but yet it's pretty clear. An unworkable relationship with Daryl. That's why Treliving left. So now that Daryl is gone, is there any chance Treliving comes back? I interviewed 35 or 25 players, coaches, coaching staff, training staff, spoke to okay, sorry, prominent that's wrong, agents that's the wrong for, um, who represent key players on our it's team. Okay. I, I figured I had that, uh, that labeled incorrectly. Um, is it three or Maloney? Whichever one we haven't played, not, not Maloney four, Maloney, Maloney one. <laughs> I got so many friggin' clips here trying to do this Pinder report and everything. Anyway, F it. He said, uh, basically, uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Fox we had six. some good news last week when talking. No, Oliver no, stop, stop, stop. Okay. That's Let's just, news. we're going to play that one. Good news. Oliver Shillington. We've seen the, uh, we've seen the shit online. He's doing kettlebells and, uh, skating and looking good and all of that. This was Maloney talking about a conversation that he's had. Looks like maybe Shillington could be back. We had some good news last week when talking to Oliver Shillington. It certainly seems he's in a very good place. Um, told, told me he's excited about coming back next season, which is a, a very positive for the organization. All right, there you go. So top four defense, but if he can get back to what he was. You think that has? Uh, you think that has anything to do with uh, the coaching change? Boy, there's a, no. I don't think so. If it does, that's some kind of balls that Chillington has. The guy that finally played you, gave you a bunch of ice time, got you a fat new contract. <laughs> like, yeah, I could take the year off. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, moving on. NHL last night. The uh, 
you, we've talked about it already. It was it felt like the youth of the New Jersey Devils. They were outshot, but that was about it. It was a lot of New Jerseys. They beat they beat the New York Rangers by way of shutout in Game Seven to advance. Um, Akira Schmidt has been a great story. His numbers have been outstanding. He joins uh, with, took over for Vitek Vanacek four and one. During the through the five games that he's been in, a 1.39 goals against, a 9.51 save percentage, he joins Carey Price, Ilya Brzezgalov, Felix Potvin, and Chico Resch as the only rookie goalies to post Chico. a Game Seven shutout win. Uh, do you remember the Ilya Brzezgalov? That was when he was with the uh, Mighty Ducks. What year was that? That he? Uh... Oh, 2006, a Game Seven shutout. I believe you were there for that one, weren't you? Yeah, but it could have been very similar to this game where it was a bunch of old guys trying to beat a bunch of young guys. <laughs> right. That's right. So there you see it. 4 nothing. The uh, the final on that. Heischer was great. Andre Palat, two assists. He was tremendous. And it's a lot of uh, looking in the mirror for the Rangers. We talked about it with Frank earlier. Patrick Kane and Tarasenko and a lot of these guys. Well. Even, wow, Fox had eight assists, I think, in the series. He got absolutely walked last night yeah. for the first goal. Like, embarrassing. Like, just outworked and just, ah, can't play my own end. I'm terrible, right? Like, I don't know what to make of that. There were a lot of people that cover the Rangers said that was his worst game as a Ranger. So, bad timing for that, obviously. Yeah, because he's been a bad. Norris Trophy candidate and in that, yeah, he's been that kind of a guy. Now, also last night, we saw another one. Maybe not a more punishing open ice hitter in the game right now than Jacob Truba. Remember he caught Nazem Kadri when the Flames played the Rangers. And Kadri's a veteran. This is a guy that's not usually going to get caught with his head down. But popped his head, bucket right off of his head. Knocked him, uh, knocked him down. Snapped his neck. It seems like lately these hits are becoming bigger and more violent and last night we saw maybe the most violent one of all he catches timo meyer as he comes in over the blue line with his head down and a lot of varying opinions on this one you've got a player whose head is down he's kind of bent over truba comes off the bench a, a quick change so meyer doesn't really see him until the last minute obviously but it's man that's a that's a freight train do you have an opinion on this because a lot of people seem to i love it great hit man if you're going to allow hitting in the game and and there are rules where your feet need to be on the ice and you have to tuck your elbows and you can't he did it all right it's all there it's all there. And luckily for Meyer, he goes into the, uh, the old concussion protocol and he was okay. So, or as okay as you could be. wonder what that's. Hey, sorry, I uh, nearly killed you. Yeah, thanks for not killing me. That's awesome. You almost did. You did almost kill me. But thanks for not completely bomb. killing me. Yeah, thanks for that. Because I I, we're going on to round two. I don't know, I don't know what you're doing, but uh, you go kill somebody else, I guess. So, yes, we are off to round two. Florida, Toronto will open things tonight at the Scotiabank Arena, and no one in Toronto 
knows what to do with themselves. They don't know where are we going? Do you go to a game? How does this work? Round two, they can't figure it out. But there it is, the season series between the Leafs and the Panthers. Leafs go 3-0-1. Not a, not a defensive struggle. Goals against and uh, goals for both teams. Well over three in this uh, in this thing. So we'll see. It's. I would say it will be very difficult to, for the Panthers to win this first game. After the emotion of playing on Sunday night, now it's Tuesday. You're right back in it. There has to be a natural reaction to have a deep breath. Ooh, okay. Now you're back playing. And I think they're going to have a tough time against the Leafs talent. I'm a little worried about that. In the series or overall or, or just tonight for game yeah. one? I think tonight for sure, but overall as yeah. well. I think that the that individual talent of the Leafs is going to be oof, tough. That's the first of two games tonight. The other one will get started at 7.30. That has the Seattle Kraken fresh off of their upset win over Colorado. They're in Dallas. The Stars, 2-0-1 in the three meetings against the Kraken. feel like the Stars are feeling... And again, not a lot of people pick the Kraken. The Kraken are a tough out, but I'm kind of with you on this one. I think that it was awesome for for Seattle to play the way they did, but I just can't help but wonder if Dallas is a little bit too deep. We knew about Colorado that they were banged up and had some stuff going on. I don't know. Dallas seems like they're right where they want to be going into this one. So that's the second game that we'll see. Now, tomorrow, the other two series will get going. New Jersey, they will take on the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes maybe took a game or two longer than they would have liked to get past the Islanders, but there you see it, pretty close. Two, one, and one in the four games were the New Jersey Devils. The uh, should be a hell of a series, for, this one. For Car- it should, and, and again, you talked about it, it was glaring how, how much slower the Rangers looked at times compared to the New Jersey Devils. I think Carolina plays with some speed. They've got some younger forwards that zip around. This should be a track meet for sure. I, I don't know. In, in some ways, Hurricanes versus Devils doesn't have that sex appeal. On paper, it doesn't feel like that when you just look at the teams, but this could be maybe the match of of round number two because, like you say, it's going to be, should be fast as hell. I need some Rhett Warner in there. No, no, you don't at all. Slow things down? No. I'm going to have a hard time picking this one when we do our picks. Yeah. Uh, And then the other game tomorrow. Edmonton and Las Vegas. The Vegas Golden Knights. Oilers went 3-0-1 against Vegas in the regular season. (laughs) Their power play is stupid. I mean, their power play is stupid. It was 60% in round one, 56% against Vegas in those four games. Those whistles, oh, the whistles go away as the playoffs get, they they really go away. Because when you're, you're at a 60% clip on the man advantage, that's going to, you're going to be able to absorb some mistakes five on five. I don't know. This, this one doesn't feel hard for me to pick when we do our picks a little bit later. I don't like it, but it feels easy for me to make this one it's not ideal bob not ideal uh moving on 
the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays taking on the uh, oh there you go there you see it so there it is so you just look at those teams yeah you expect Dallas I guess to kind of be there but you know, Oilers and Leafs and Panthers and Canes it's just you know, on the surface that's a weird feeling second round kind of a bracket even though I think all teams deserve to be there I guess that's a good is there one team that you think shouldn't be there based on how they got through round one no, I thought Seattle outplayed Colorado. Vegas, the Jets yeah. were terrible. I thought the Oilers. I thought LA was a good team, but the Oilers just—they've got too much. Dallas was good. I thought, and I thought Jersey got great goaltending out of the Akira Schmidt, but it was not like a well, series have- where they didn't deserve to win. But their goalie outplayed the other guy. I think all of those teams, when you look at them played well enough and deserved to get through just surprisingly and it'll be people be upset but the leafs probably had the biggest comebacks right all three overtime games yeah three overtime games right and but none of them surprised me yeah yeah go leafs um yeah Wonder what world are we living in? Uh, Toronto Blue Jays taking on the Boston Red Sox. Uh, now we go to uh, we go straight to the bottom of the uh, the ninth inning, tied at five. Jordan Romano in for the Blue Jays to put this thing to bed. There's Alex Verdugo. We met we had him on a couple weeks ago for firing out f bombs during the broadcast. Ball game. Bottom nine solo shot. Doogie wins it, six five. I don't get the turning out the lights. Everyone's turning the lights out now when they celebrate. It's like you can't see shit. Do you like the uh, do you like a good walk on the celebration and everything at uh, at home play? They're dancing and throwing seeds around. Someone's got to pick all that shit up. That's the thing I don't like about it. I don't know. I mean, on one hand, you want the guys to be excited and having fun. On the other hand, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Act like I guess have fun. Have fun. I just somebody's got to go out there with a a broom and a dustpan and sweep up all those sunflower seeds you're throwing around. Poor custodial staff. That's good. They get paid a lot of money to do it. Great Mm. job. Benefits. Blue Jays back-to-back losses. They will continue their four-game visit to Boston. UC Kikuchi goes for the Jays today. And uh, last one for you. How do you feel about when uh, the home run celebrations, the Blue Jays had the jacket. We showed the one team, they've got the the, the, the trident and the Viking hat, and they're doing all kinds of things. The uh, Detroit Tigers had the Red Wings hockey gear, the helmet and stuff like that. The Washington Nationals because um, I guess it's what the founding fathers in Washington it's like the the birthplace of I don't, I don't know it's something it's it's the, the U.S. capital right so in uh, in tribute you're American so you would know more about this than than me they've got the uh, the wig hey patriotic it's terrible there you have it Mm-mm. Every team's got it. Don't like it. No? Trying too hard. Trying too hard. I've seen you wear wigs. You were having fun. 
That is the Pinder Report. It is a presentation of Village Honda. Turn your vehicle into cash today during the million dollar buying event. They'll buy yours even if you don't buy theirs. Sellers get a tropical cruise for two. What? Exclusively at Village Honda in the Northwest Auto Mall. Your dealership for life. So two games tonight. And I wanted to mention what's going on there. Is it your, is it your kids? The Yahoo's are home. Yeah. From another day of higher learning. Yes, brilliance. Just brilliant. So much smarter right. than when they left the house this morning. That's what I know about my kids. When they come home at the end of the day, I just notice how much more they've gained oh. in terms of knowledge and experience. It's all them great teachers. That's right. There it is. Madrose Pub. One of our uh, one of our OGs, they were uh, helping us out through all season long. You were able to enjoy the odd flame experience here and there, courtesy of Madrose Pub. Now the game just you know, keeps on going. Now you just got to go to Madrose Pub when they've got the games on Canadian teams. And I know for Game Seven last night, they've got it on all the screens in the bar, plus play by play over the speakers. It's a real. It's you're, they're not trying to fool you. It's it's the place you want to be. Twenty beers on tap, kid friendly Saturdays, Sundays, and Mondays. Great food. We've talked about it. Entrees. They are very proud of the product that they deliver, and they should be. Gourmet pizza, dough, signature sauce, made fresh every single day. Visit their website. You can have it delivered to your house, madrose.pub. Or if you want to be there, get into the atmosphere. If you're, I don't know, I guess if Leafs, jeez. 15 Royal Vista Place up just off uh, Country Hills. Matt and everybody, good uh, good spot, Madrose Pub. I'll be wound up. Poor Red Dog. Because when I was in there, I was talking to Dog. Big Boston fan wearing his jersey. He'd have probably been wrapped up for a Boston-Toronto round two, but uh, dog might be a little quiet. Maybe a little quiet. I'm happy I the Panthers are in, but it, but it might have been more fun to watch Boston and, and Toronto. See, that's the thing. We love the upsets, right? We love it when the chaos happens and you get upsets, but then inevitably you move forward and you're thinking, oh, it might have been better to have that high-end Boston team up against Toronto. Now, I mean, Florida... Maybe Florida does it, but that's what when we talk about round one, that's usually why round one is so exciting because you'll have some upsets and then, well, that's their big, that's their Stanley Cup. That's their big accomplishment of the season to get through round number one and upset that team that they were never going to upset. Um, the, the only thing with Florida is if you take away this past regular season, you were talking about a President's Trophy yeah. team. You were talking about a, one of the best teams in the league, and maybe it just took them a little while, little while longer to iron stuff out. Uh, I saw the clip this morning. The last time that Florida was in Toronto, they'd just come off a, a rough loss against Ottawa. They That was when Keith Kachuk ripped the Panthers oh, on, yeah. the, on that radio show or on that podcast. And Paul Maurice... That's where that video was for about 30 seconds. He was just going up and down the bench and just F-bombing and MFing those guys nonstop. And then things kind of turned around for them, and they ended up making the playoffs. So Paul Maurice is a guy, you forget how long he's coached. Eh? He's just he's one of the most tenured coaches in NHL history. He's been doing it since he was a kid. He was the youngest ever when he started, I think. Yeah. That's why you do Carolina. He was in Toronto. I'm with you, though. The, like, that Winnipeg. Panthers team, I forget who I was always saying it on the show where, while well, they're gearing up for next year, and I'm like, 
They won the President's Trophy last year. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean you're gearing up for next year? Like, you win the President's, like, I feel like you want to follow it up. <laughs> and it's, I, who did they lose? They traded for Kachuk, so that wasn't a loss. That was a calculated addition. Yeah, right? and like, he he basically replaced the, the points that you lost from Hubert. The only question I had for them was why, again, Maurice has done a lot, but I didn't feel like they needed to make that move. They did. Maybe it's turning out. Maybe that's what took so long was just getting used to his coaching, but that was the only change they made where I'm like, what are you, what are you doing that for? Anyway. Yeah. Um, St. Eugene Golf Resort, we are, uh, plans are in the works. We're going to be getting out there and maybe taking some friends with us. The St. Eugene Golf Resort and Casino Championship Golf Course, the casino, the spa, the restaurants, the mountains all around you. And now with the warmer weather, mm, good God almighty, beautiful, beautiful spot. Get your golf game in gear. The Spring Swing Golf Package is on sale now, but it is selling fast. Starting at just 259 bucks, you and a friend. One night stay, round of golf, and the power cart. Available now through May 17th, so time is ticking. Don't miss out. Book it today online, sainteugene.ca. You can check them out on social media at St. Eugene Resort. Beautiful stuff. I could use a spa. My freaking back and my neck. All it's that tough. yard work. Hard on. All that yard work. Carrying this show on my back. Mm-hmm. they're used to that that is true that is true all right buddy let's do these picks i think i had five right you had three right from last you didn't round have five right i think Straight i did on. yeah right didn't we have i uh come on i had vegas i had dallas i had the oilers i had the, did i say the leafs already you didn't have the I, leafs Okay, meet on the middle. I had the Canes, Carolina, Edmonton, Vega. Okay, I had four. And you had one. Three. Two, three. And I think Pinder had four. He had Devils, Leafs, Vegas. All right, well, shit. So I was better than you. That's all we just need to know. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to round number two. (laughs) Round number two. We'll start with the action tonight. Toronto and the Florida Panthers. I'll call up uh, stupid Pinder's picks here. He texted them to me this morning. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm a, I am know I'm a, I'm a huge Leafs fan, but even saying that, the fact that I played for the Panthers, I got to take the Panthers. They're on a roll. Go Panteros. Good for you. See, I, I don't mind that. I'm taking the Leafs for sure, but uh, but I like that you did take uh, take the Panthers. And again, Pinder decided not to uh, give number of games. He is also on the Leafs. So Ooh, you're the, uh, the lone wolf. Yeah, lone wolf there. Elsewhere tonight, Seattle starting their series in Dallas against the Stars. Oh, didn't get a coin, so I'm having a hard time. Mm. Well, I'll take I'll Dallas. I have no problem. I'll go Seattle. Okay, Pinter and I are both on Dallas. That's uh, it's the higher-seeded team, so that's easy. What uh, You saw enough out of Seattle, or is it about Dallas? What tells you on the crack? 
I, I underestimated the Kraken last time. Not going to do it again. They played good hockey. Tenacious, right? Tenacious. Just kind of tenacious. Yeah. Just kind of coming at you. They come at you in waves. It's not not a one-line team. They just chip away at you. That said, I like pick. Dallas. I like Dallas. <laughs> uh, we'll finish up with the uh, that other one. We'll, New Jersey, fresh off their win, taking on the Hurricanes. Pinder is taking New Jersey. I am also taking New Jersey. They came back from 2-0 down. That's, you know what that is? Balls. That's some balls. And I... I'm not saying this is Cinderella or it's a dynasty or anything like that, but they could have easily been down two nothing and had the well you you broke that eleven year drought and ah oh, it's next year and moving on no f that we're gonna win right now against this team that everyone thinks even though we were the higher seed no one giving us a chance so I'm gonna take New Jersey here against the Canes. No, no, they came back against a bunch of old goats that were wore out and tired, and they fluked their way onto a goaltender that started to play well. Let's go, Canes. Rock me like a hurricane. Very nice. And the final series, the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. True to form, being the ultimate heel that he is, uh, Pinder taking the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, no, I can't say if he uh, believes that to be the case, but as we know, he can't go with the Oilers, so he's going with the uh, the Knights. And you? I am going Edmonton, and I feel like this has maybe got five games written all over it. 60% special teams? Jesus. I'm Guys. with you, Dean. Sorry, it's Laurent Brassois. Look out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not good. I call this not McDavid. No! <laughs> and you know what makes it worse? Is it's not really even grinding my box about it. They're kind of fun to watch. If you just oh, kind yeah. of take your... If you take the rest of the, the shit out of it. You strip it, but why wouldn't you want this team to continue to win? If yeah, I the think the Flames I weren't getting might... a new rink and they were going to leave town. You'd be all over the Oilers, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> it might take a little more time than that. It might take a little more time. I don't know, man. God, yeah, I think they might blow Vegas's doors right off them. But then again, I've been wrong about Vegas for years now. I don't know how they won the division this year. They had all these goalies and the injuries and Mark Stone this and Eichel wasn't very good. Oh, how'd they do? Won the division. Well, I, so shit. I mean, I don't know. Could it be that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about? It can't be that. Uh -uh. It can't be that. When you keep talking, it'll play itself. Eventually, you'll be right. So just keep talking. So, so what do you think for games? Do you, do you agree that it's... I think they roll a... up the Vegas. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I feel out of all the series here, maybe the Leafs, Panthers, but I, I think the Panthers are a little more plucky and a better, a good team. I just think, yeah, this one, this one's got the shortest lifespan. If I had to take a guess. Yeah. I think those other two series, you could consider them so evenly matched and 
I guess Edmonton yeah. should be, but I think the Oilers have cruised lately. And I think LA plays a tougher style than Vegas. And I think LA's goaltending, even though it wasn't great, I don't trust Laurent Brassois to be a number one or to stop McDavid or Dreisaitl or Hyman or any of the Oilers. They get the puck and mm -hmm. they're going to be zipping it around and it's going to be trouble. Not ideal. No, I'll, I'll, I'll be wrong. All Canadian I'm happy fun. to be wrong. All Canadian fun. Be so Even great for our game. Even so yeah, that's right. Uh, Tourism Jasper. Remember we were telling you about, uh, you know, everything. Um, Marmot Basin open until May 1st. Well, okay. No, now it's past May 1st. Now we're thinking about summer. Get your camping spot booked. The golf course opens later this month. They're working on it as we speak. The lake's thawing, canoeing, rafting. The Sky Tram is open for the season. Lots to see, lots to do, and one of the most beautiful spots in, uh, in the entire world. People from other countries book trips to come to Alberta and go to places like, like France. That's right. And the French. Mm-hmm. The Brits. And the, the Zimbabweans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They love it here. Tourism Jasper, Venture Beyond. Check out their website and start booking your summer plans today. Do the Betway Bets. Betway Bets for tonight, and we will call it a day. I'm going when you go onto the Betway app, you get the Betway app on your phone. And when you, you go right into it, pretty much every day, they've got a Betway boost. They'll, and it's not always hockey. Sometimes it's baseball. Sometimes it's a mix. Their boost today, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto Blue Jays both to win. Jays back against the uh, Boston Red Sox. They've lost a couple in a row. It's Kikuchi who's been good. So I'm going to take this one. I think the Leafs and Blue Jays do win tonight. That is a plus 250. And then one of the pre-made bets for uh, the NHL, again, not the same game, but both teams in action. Matthew Kachuk, Jason Robertson, both to score tonight, plus 325. I think both of those guys have been uh, dynamite. Kachuk, it just, it's heartbreaking to watch him play so good, but there you go. Kachuk and Robertson both scoring plus 325. Those are your Betway bets of the day. Be responsible, be 19 in Ontario, and uh, you know, of course be responsible it's the betway bets uh plans for the rest of the day you got stuff going on always shit going on kids there and here and up there and over there and and a yeah. chicken caesar salad for supper dean chicken caesar salad tonight. what are you health nut you on a health kick what are you doing no, extra, extra dressing i see good stuff that was always one of those ones oh you're eating healthy yeah you're having a chicken caesar salad with Deep fried chicken fingers and bathed yeah. in creamy a dressing. Jar of yeah, Caesar yeah. dressing. You know, a double cheeseburger would probably be the better option for you if you wanted to be honest about it. All right, buddies, that's it. Back tomorrow for the Wednesday program. Enjoy your day. See ya. Is the other guy here? Not yet. Thursday. Holy. One more day of peace nice. and quiet. Boilers suck. See ya. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 